Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. For by him all things were created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Hebrews 11.3 and Colossians 1.16. Okay, welcome to another episode of The Spiritual Matters. Why oh, do we do these Godcasts? Why are we talking about these topics? Because the Lord Jesus wants you to know that the spiritual matters. What we can't see, it does matter. Because what we can't see really uh, makes up what we do see. And the things that we're seeing happen all over the world is because of things that are happening in the unseen world. So um, the, Paul wrote that he didn't want us to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get advantage of us. The Lord doesn't want anyone, especially Satan, to get advantage of his chosen. So this is why we're doing the spiritual matters. And again, it's because the spiritual matters. So uh, we're going to continue from last week. We, last week we talked about deliverance and the Holy Spirit. This will be part two. And I just pray everybody's hearts and eyes are open to the truth, the knowledge of the truth. Jesus said, he who knows the truth shall be made free. So Holy Father in Jesus' wonderful name, we just thank you for your will. We thank you for your way. We thank you for your word. And we thank you for your spirit, Lord. Holy Spirit, lead us in guidance through all truth, Father. Anoint these vessels of honor unto you, Lord God. Speak through us. Give us your insight, your revelation, everything that you would have us to share today, Lord, or knowing us to do that very thing. To your glory, to your honor, and to your praise, that many will be drawn to you, drawn closer to you, and that many will be saved and or healed and delivered. In your wonderful name, Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for your grace. We appreciate you and we love you so much, Lord. Amen. 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 Welcome again. I am Ben Ruel. And I'm TC. Amen. Amen. We're apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, sent here, sent in this time, sent in this sphere to bring the knowledge of the truth, to elaborate and revelate the word of God so that those who are hearing can see, perceive, and understand and be blessed thereby, can grow thereby, be fed by it, and um, nourished by it. So we just pray that um, this word will bring forth fruit 60, 30, 60, 100 fold in the lives of those who hear this and that are tuned into this broad, uh, podcast. All right. So last week, I mean, the last couple weeks, the last episode, rather, we dealt with deliverance in the Holy Spirit. But mostly it was deliverance. We, we talked about deliverance. We shared some things and we've um, even given some testimonies or what have you, because we've been we've been at this for, for a really long time. And, um, you know, we, we we've been delivered. We've been set free from uh, demonization, even as believers in Christ. You know, uh, these these 
these entities would like to hide behind certain things. And then we, it's been there so long that we don't know that it's not us. But when we call upon the name of the Lord in these areas of our lives to repent, deliverance comes forth because there's something behind those mindsets and attitudes, even as believers in Christ, that uh, we don't know it's there. And that's why the struggle comes where you're trying to stop something or where we're trying to give up something or we battling against the same thing. It's not this act of the sin that we're fighting against. It's the entity that is, you know, really pushing and, and propelling and forcing these sins upon us from the inside out. And holding us in that bondage of sin. Right. All right, because the word of God says, Paul wrote that God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. So God wants us free from every bondage and everything that would hide and, 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 and creep in the, in the recesses of our minds or our hearts or even in our in natural bodies. And a lot of that is just like the word says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Right. So it's really ignorance on our part. Whereas we just don't know. Right. You know, the, the Bible says, how would, you know, how would people turn to God if there's not a preacher right. there to, to speak the word of God, to encourage, to admonish, to provoke one to righteous works? Right. But if the people think that there's no way to walk righteously, why would they do it? Right. Unless there is a person. Because the multitudes... They, you know, that's the mindset or that's the, that's the thing. You just go, you go with the crowd. You just, you know, you, you, you go by what you see, what you hear. And unfortunately in this world, we understand through the word that this world is at enmity against God, the ways of God, the characteristics of God. So we need those who've been called out by God, by Jesus, who now walk and exhibit the characteristics um, and ways of Christ to then say to the masses, hey, this is the right way. This is something that is possible. That's right. You can do it. You can be free. You can be healed. Um, you know, because of that ignorance. A lot of us We've all been there. I was there. I had no idea that any of this stuff existed, that this was even possible. How is it possible to get free from depression when I see everywhere in the world that it's not, that you have to just cope with it, right. that it's something that you just, this is just your lot. You just, you have to take pills for the rest of your life. But the Lord says, no, that's not true. Right. Amen. Amen. So the difference between this episode and the previous episode of Deliverance in the Holy Spirit is we're going to really um, pull back the curtain and show why that Satan wants people demonized and what the end of that goal is and why Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to fill us. We're going to show the differences between those two. And um, so as we ended up at uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 25 last week, the last thing that we were sharing with you guys that deliverance comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Deliverance comes from Jesus Christ through him, Jesus Christ, our Lord. When he delivers us, it means he draws us to himself and he rescues us from the hands, the 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 uh, snares, the, the 
the yokes, the chains, the gates of hell. Right. And this is not just a metaphor. No. This is something that is actually happening in the spirit. Right. Amen. Amen. So what is what is the open door for people to be demonized? And we're going to talk about exactly what that means in a minute, because there's three levels of demonization. How are people demonized? Well, first, a person is tempted to sin. Then sin is an open door for an entity of sin to come in to continue to drive us in those sins. So a sin doesn't begin with just an act. It originates with an entity. The entity tempts us and he compels us to perform that act of sin over and over and over and over and over again in our lives until we die. And then like with the spirit of addiction, say you're addicted or been addicted to cocaine and now you did your 12 step program. You're no longer addicted to cocaine or you're no longer craving cocaine, but now you're eating the spirit of gluttony. That's the same spirit of addiction. It just your willpower was your your will power was strong enough to stop doing cocaine through the whatever program, but that spirit of addiction is still there, and that spirit of addiction will be need is needed to be driven out or cast out because if it's not ice cream, it's going to be cigarettes. If it's not cigarettes, it's going to be pornography. It's, it's just going to keep jumping from one thing to another to keep us in bondage to sin. Yeah. So that's why Jesus you know, uh, came casting out devils. Now in uh, Romans 7, 20, it says now if Paul wrote this, now if I do that, which I don't want to do, it means that it's no longer I that do it. This is just a small recap from last week, but sin that dwells in me. See an act or an action of doing wrong or sin doesn't live. It, it does. It's not alive. It's just a deed done. But to have sin that dwells, live, that word dwells from the Greek means to live in the same house. To be a partaker of the same dwelling place. Sin that dwells in me. So we have to, you know, broaden our understanding to know that sin is not just what I do. Sin is something that promotes what I do. If I am a liar, I have a lying spirit in me that propels me, compels me to continue to lie. And even when I want to tell the truth, a lie slips out. What the, the, that that sin, that that spirit, that lying spirit, will force me to do things that even I didn't think about or want to do. So, and here, here's a here's a uh, here's some understanding of that from the beginning in Revelation chapter number four, verse seven. Uh, it, it, it writes this, God said to Cain, this is the story of Cain and Abel, how Cain, Abel gave his offering to God, it was accepted. Cain's offering was rejected because Abel did how what pleased God and uh, Cain did what was pleasing to himself, which is better, more beneficial for himself. And so God accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's and Cain got upset about it. And then this is where we're picking up at at verse seven in Genesis chapter four. If you do well, you should not, uh, should you not be accepted? So if you do the right thing, if you would have done what was required, what I have not accepted your offering or what you've given, he said, and if you do not well, if you don't do according to my will, if you don't do according to what's right, 
Sin lies at the door. What does that mean? How can an action lie at a door? Or lay wait at a door? Or wait at a door? See, Cain was influenced. And this is how the enemy works. This is how Satan works. This is how these evil spirits work. They put a thought in your mind, which is temptation. Then once you begin to do that thing that they put in your mind, they do it to get access to your life. So then once you obey them, then they gain influence to your mind and your thought pattern. And as they keep telling you to do things, as we keep obeying them, then we give them access to the door of our heart, the door of our lives, the door of our soul, the door of our bodies for them to come in. I'm going to show you this. And it says here. And unto you shall be his desire. So now God is talking to two different people. I want you to watch this. He told Cain, unto you shall be his desire. So who is he? At this point, it was Satan. He's telling he's telling Cain that if you don't do well, if you don't do what I say, but you choose to do what the devil is saying, he's waiting for you to open that door to come in. And then he said, you shall be his desire. In other words, you'll do whatever the devil wants. And then he turns to the devil and says, and you shall rule over him. So the devil is given permission to rule over us. Whatever spirit is given permission to rule over us once we yield to those thoughts or to those words. And they can even come by way of other people. Oh, I would never forgive them. So when we receive that word, whereas God tells us to forgive, then we bring ourselves under the bondage of unforgiveness. And then through unforgiveness, the dark realm, the evil realm, these entities will gain rule over us. Now, let me explain the difference between oppression, depression, and possession. There are three levels of demonization. See, oppression, when a spirit is oppressing you, a spirit is trying to really uh, keep you in bondage and rule over your life. A spirit of oppression is a spirit of, of, uh, that will try to hold you down and keep you from being who God called you to be. It oppresses you, whether it's through sickness, whether it's through disease, or it's psychologically, emotionally, whether it's in the, some type of abuse, all these things and traumas the enemy uses to oppress us. And a lot of believers are oppressed a and lot. don't realize it. Right. A lot of believers are oppressed. It's like... You ever see people that, that uh, truly, truly love Jesus, but they mean as a rattlesnake? Why is that? It doesn't mean that they're a bad person, that they don't love Jesus, but it's a spirit of oppression. They were hurt years ago and don't even realize that through that trauma, something entered in, an entity entered in, and now they're bitter or they're mm-hmm. angry. And that spirit of bitterness, that spirit of anger needs to be cast out. That spirit of wrath or that spirit of vengeance has to be cast out. Then we got the depression, the spirit of depression. The spirit of depression is really what the Bible calls the spirit of heaviness. Mm-hmm. God said, I give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And that spirit of heaviness, that word depression means to bow down. Depression makes you bow down. You can't trust God to press because you're bowing down to something else. You ever see those commercials that, you know, this is my depression. That's not your depression. That cloud, that dark cloud that's over your head is, is a spirit of heaviness and it's not yours. They, they say these things in these commercials so that we can come in agreement 
with these spirits to say, like, like I would say, this is my wife. That means we in covenant now. We're in agreement with each other. So when you say this is my depression or this is my high blood pressure or my diabetes, it's bringing, that's why people can't get healed because they have to break that bond and renounce that that diabetes or that depression or whatever it is, is theirs. It's no, you're being afflicted by it. Right. It's, it's now verbally taking ownership of that, that, that spirit that, then afflicts the body to manifest in whatever disease it is. And I know for me, you know, I had been depressed as long as I can remember growing up and it didn't stop when I gave my life to the Lord. Um, This was a bond that I had formed with this evil spirit that was uh, depressing me. And I, it didn't make sense because I would have moments where I was like, why am I depressed? Like, I don't understand why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that um, through trauma, through, you know, rejection, abandonment, whatever it might have been, that open door um, was made. And that spirit then uh, was given access to me. As a child, mm-hmm. having parents that didn't know anything about spiritual warfare, again, ignorance, um, just not knowing, right? not knowing that they could have closed the door to that, that they could have prayed and rebuked and cast out, um, uh, you know, that demon out of my life. So because of the ignorance of my parents, now the Lord sent you as that man of God, one stronger than the strong man uh, to to spoil his goods and to to cast him out. And that's when I got free from that. And, um, you know, was taking antidepressants, SSRIs, um, you know, Wellbutrin. I I mean, I had to go. I went through so many of them because I I had adverse effects to almost all of them. But um, when I got free, when you cast that spirit of heaviness out, Praise I literally Jesus. felt it leave. Amen. Hallelujah. And and I I I truly felt I was I was liberated Amen. from that. And that's a real thing. It is glory to God, because that's what God wants for yeah. all of his people. Yeah. He does, he has no desire that anybody be tormented on earth or in the afterlife. Yeah. He came to set us free from sin and from death. Death not mean that our bodies won't die. Death means separation, separation from God forever. So, um, amen, amen. And just like the oppression, just like when people came to Jesus, you know, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, she was oppressed. The man came to Jesus and said, that, uh, and that's a sickness. My my son is grievously, grievously vexed by a devil and it tries to cast him into the water or into the fire, and makes him have seizures. That's a spirit of oppression, you know? Um, we can see spirits of oppression, like when Mary, several demons was cast out of her, there were spirits of oppression. You know, there's the spirits that are driving her to sin, to, to, to be a harlot and, or, or, or driving you to do drugs or, you know, you, you just can't quit doing this and that. These are spirits of oppression. Spirits of depression deals with suicide, anxiety, and, you know, it, it affects your mood to where it holds you down when you're always sad or you're always angry or you just have thoughts of suicide and all these things. And, it's, and, and the enemy's plan for us to have these things is for a purpose. And we'll talk about that. 
So the first level is oppression. The second level is depression. The third level of demonization is possession. And possession is when the person is totally gone, that a demon has taken full control of their body, like the demoniac, that they had to chain up in caves. He would break the chains and he would run and chase people that would uh, be, or, you know, that would, uh, that it would see, that he would see on the, getting off the ships and things of that nature. Yeah. And I do want to add to that with each um, level of um, whether it's oppression, depression, possession, there's a, what I want to say, it's like a building up Mm -hmm. to possession because that's, that's the ultimate goal. For these entities, they want to completely possess they want to take the over. person. They mm-hmm. want to completely take over. So even for me, looking um, looking at my testimony, just seeing even before I mainly this was before I got saved, just seeing the progression of everything, the oppression that came on, the depression that then ensued to literally have me bowing down to fear. Um, all of these, all of these different things that would literally paralyze me from doing anything, and this was to set me up even before I gave my life to the Lord, because even when I gave my life to the Lord, there was still that paralyzing fear, you know, of moving forward in the things of God. So it was literally a way for the enemy to prepare me to fail. Mm-hmm. Had I not been like no. I choose what you say, Lord, over that. I, I don't know if I would have been able to continue. But going back to before I was saved, just seeing the progression of things, once being oppressed, then in the midst of that deep hurt and pain of depression, I began noticing that I would black out here and there, little little bits here and there until you know, my 20s, I realized that it would happen more, more often. And it, it, at that time, it would happen uh, periodically whenever I drank. I would realize that there were bits and pieces of my life that I could not recall or remember or like literally the night before, not remembering what I did. But that was a building up and a plan of the enemy to eventually completely possess because to your point, when a person is possessed, they're no longer there. That spirit now has complete free reign. Yeah, it, took, it totally took over their body. Over that person. Right. And so if it wasn't for Jesus intervening, you know, and me really seeking him out because of all the torment that I was going through at the time, I, that was the path I was down because I already began seeing the signs of it getting to that point. Amen. So I praise God for that. Well, I praise God for it too. Because that's, that's, see, the possession is not the ultimate goal, but it almost gives them a certainty that they can get you for their ultimate goal. Yeah. So it's like the oppression, it deals with, um, you know, that sin that, you know, so easily the Bible said besets us or surrounds us and we feel like there's no way out or we I gotta do this or we just it just becomes our nature to do these things and not even think about it. The killing 
Murdering becomes a nature because there's a murdering spirit that's involved in the inside of a person and they're giving their lives over to that per- to that spirit, whereas they don't even have to think about or have a conscience about it because their conscience has been seared by that spirit. Depression, like we're talking about that spirit of heaviness, that spirit that want to hold you down, that wants you to commit suicide, that wants you to separate yourself from others, live in darkness and, you know, dealing with even, um, you know, different phobias and all those things. Then we talk about the possession is when, again, when that spirit or spirits totally takes a person over. It's like when Jesus said to that man, that demoniac, well, uh, what's your name? He said, I'm legion for we are many. So they flow in clusters and they have one strong man demon that the other spirits cluster under. That's why I said, that's why he said, my name is legion for we are many. So then Jesus cast them out. All right. So um, let me let me show you the process. What happens in the spirit realm when when deliverance comes? What what happens? In Hebrews chapter four verse twelve, it says the word of God is quick, which means quick means alive. It doesn't mean fast. It means alive, quick and powerful. So there's nothing more powerful than the word of God. Not even our own words is more powerful than the word of God. <coughs> Excuse me. And sharper than any two-edged sword. So it's sharp, it's alive, it's powerful, and it's sharp to, sharper than any two-edged sword. Why? Listen to this, watch this, check this out. Piercing even to the dividing of sunder, asunder of soul and spirit. So that's what deliverance is. See, we don't understand that when when uh, we say in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of them. That's the word of God. That word come out of them in Jesus name is alive. Those words are alive and it's powerful and it's so sharp that the word of God come out of them in Jesus name. Release them, let them go, loose them in Jesus name. Those words go between the soul and that spirit and it separates it. It separates the soul and that spirit that wants to oppress them, that wants to depress them, and ultimately wants to possess them. So we, as we begin to walk in the word of God, believe the word of God, and speak the word of God, then this is what happens. We, I, I probably shared this uh, last week, not sure, but I know I shared it several times, where when I gave my life to the Lord, I was six months in the Lord. So it doesn't mean you have to be a mature Christian walking in Jesus for 10 years to do this. I was saved six months. Me and my other two friends who were saved six months and one, maybe a little longer, maybe three months longer. And we read the Bible, how Jesus said that he gave us power to cast out devils. And we all looked at each other in the same person. I know it was the Holy Spirit. The same person came to all three of our mind at the same time. And we said her name at the same time, whatever name we said, like, boom. And then we said, okay, well, the Bible said we can cast out devils. So let's go cast the devils out of her. So we got up and we went to our house, knocked on the door and, um, you know, her do- it was a screen door. Her door was open. And so uh, we started after we knocked on the door, we started holding hands in her yard and we started praying in tongues. We just got filled with the Holy Ghost and everything, but baptized the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. So we're speaking, holding arms, locking arms, speaking in tongues in the yard. And she came to the door like, hi, what do y'all want? But we knew it wasn't her because that wasn't her personality. 
And they said, we want to pray for you. And then she was like, then they changed. Ah, and then we went, she went inside the house. We were still outside. We just saw her shadow as if it was like a beast walking, arms going in the air. All these voices we hearing coming out the house. So then, you know, we began to rebuke it in Jesus name. Then she came out. And and then had another voice is like, you're my friend. We're fine. Came up to me and then try to, you know, manipulate or intimidate, intimidate all of us. So we all at the same time laid hands on the forehead and said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And she fell to the ground. It was a grass. And she laid there motionless for minutes. And we could, we started getting scared. We was like, man, did we kill her? <laughs> and then she got up crying, thanking us, crying, just crying, thanking us. And, um, Last I heard a couple of years ago, she's still a minister to this day. So being aged in Christ, there's a lot of people that's been saved for 50 years, never cast out a devil because they don't believe. But we can be saved for months. And if we believe, we can walk in the power of God. So as we speak the word in the name of Jesus, Jesus said, cast out devils. So in the name of Jesus, come out. I'm, that's the word. I'm casting you out then that, that, that word is powerful. It's alive. The word we're speaking is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than the, any two-edged sword. And what it does, it goes inside the person and it separates their soul from their spirit and therefore they're made free. It doesn't always happen that quick. Sometimes we've labored for hours for people that came back the next day just depending on circumstances or what have you until they're free. So in Matthew 8, 16, it says, And when evening was come, they brought unto Jesus many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits, watch this, with his word. He cast out the spirit with his word and healed all that were sick. See, we don't, let me, let me tell you how it happens. We'll break down how it happens. Just like when Jesus said, what's up, you're buying on earth, you're bound in heaven. When we speak these words, the angels of the Lord, according to the psalmist, excel in strength, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So as we decree his word, angels take that word. Like, like well, we bind you, devil, in Jesus' name. The words don't go around them and bind them. The angels respond to hearkening unto the faith in our words. And just like in the book of Revelation, when it said an angel came with a great chain and bound Satan for a thousand years with the chain and threw him in a bottomless pit. That, that means it's the angels. They literally bind the demons that we bind or the, or the uh, evil spirits that we bind with our words. So they'll bind them with chains in the realm of the spirit. So the enemy doesn't want us to believe in, in casting out devils or healing the sick. But these are the things that not only Jesus did, but they said these are the things that Jesus both began to do and to teach. And this, this um, <clears throat> principle is the same both ways. So just like we talked about being bound to sin, when we speak, when we speak these things, um, which are which go against the word of God, mm -hmm. we are literally allowing these fallen angels, these demons, to bind us. Right. The same way the Lord had initially set it up for us to be able to speak His word right. and bind them. Because the enemy, he's a counterfeiter. Yeah, it's a it's a legal loophole. Right, they use. right. And that's where witchcraft and all that stuff come in. Yeah. Where they send out a word, they do an incantation, divination, or some type of uh, hex or vex, 
and they release it on a person, then the spirit goes on and carry what they say because their faith is in a demonic realm. Right. And of course, that is illegal because mm-hmm. the Lord says for us not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, it is a principle. Mm-hmm. Right. So this this is all to really pull the 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 the, um, the shells off of people's eyes to understand that we don't have to go through these things. We don't have to be bound by evil spirits. That in Christ we have power over these spirits. Even if if you're in Christ and you, you can't stop smoking, it's a spirit of addiction, and you're not possessed, but you're being oppressed. Or if you're depressed and you're in Christ, you're not possessed. You're just you know, depressed. And Jesus wants you free, but you should know the truth and the truth that you know will make you free. Amen. Know that Jesus said, who the son sets free is free indeed. So we want to provoke you to freedom. And if you're free already, provoke you to help other people to be free. We were here to provoke you to love and good works. So, Jesus gave us, he gave us power over devils to cast them out. And Matthew 10, 8, Jesus said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely receive, freely give. So don't charge, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, ministers all over the world, stop charging people. Don't charge people for deliverance. We've had people come to us that weren't delivered, that, that wasn't being delivered. And so how they pay people thousands of dollars to go do deliverance. No. As freely as you receive, freely give. Amen. And Mark chapter 3, verse 15 says, And he gave the disciples to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. Matthew 16, 17. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. Right. So the uh, prerequisite... Is to believe. That's it. That's it. Right. All you got to do is believe. Right. And he'll give you the power to do these remarkable things. Right. In his name. Right. Because belief or faith is the key that unlocks the kingdom. Faith is the key to unlock the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like in Luke chapter number 11, verse 20 says, but if Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the finger of God, no doubt the kingdom of God is coming to you or come upon you. Mm-hmm. So the, the so the faith is the key to unlock the gates of the kingdom so the kingdom of God can infiltrate and dominate the earth realm and the demonic realm and all these demons are being put to flight. They're being cast out. So it's the movement of the kingdom. But what does this have to do with the Holy Ghost? Well, if you go back just briefly to Mark 16, 17, he said you shall cast out devil and speak with new tongues. Well, that's according to Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost, when when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. So speaking in tongues isn't the power to cast out devil. Speaking in tongues is the manifestation that let you know that the power is there to do the miraculous. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Amen. So. It's a difference when you, when we're when we give our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into us and regenerates our spirit. It brings our spirit back to life. And if you remember in the gospel, when Je- the Bible said Jesus blew on them and said, "Receive the Holy Ghost," but that was before the day of Pentecost. So He told them to wait in Jerusalem till they receive the promise from the Father. Then once the the uh, Holy Spirit came, you know, in a in a form of a mighty rushing wind and filled the place, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Jesus said that they would become witnesses unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the world. The witnesses doesn't only mean to witness about Jesus. To be a witness also means that if you read in um, uh, Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, it says that the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of Christ by the signs and wonders, the healing, the miracles, the casting out of devils. That's what gave witness that Jesus did rise from the dead. So we get witness of the crucifixion by preaching the gospel. We give witness of the resurrection by the power of God. Amen. Amen. See, but the thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit does not force us. He does. He's never he never forces us. He's a he's a gentle God. He's a holy God. And he gave us a will for a reason. He will lead us. He will he would tell us he would give us instructions but he would never force us. But he leads us in the way of Christ. That's why Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to remind you what I said. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. When the Holy Spirit comes, he was, he's going to speak of me. He's always going to lead you in the way of Christ. You know, so um, so again, in, in Romans seven nineteen, Paul said, for the good that I would do, I do not, or the good that I want to do, I can't do. But the evil that I don't want to do, is that what I do? That's what I'll do. But if I do that I don't want to do, it is no more me that does it, but it's sin that dwells in me. So the sin that dwells in us, or these entities that wants to live in us, they, they, they kind of force us to do things we don't want to do, or we get so used to doing them or following its suggestions or the temptations or it's uh, compelling us to sin that it becomes that spirit becomes part of our nature. That sin that dwells, that lives, that abides in our house will become synonymous with ourselves and we'll become one. So when that spirit is doing it, we're doing it consciously, but we don't know that it's the spirit that we're joined with that's helping us or causing us to do these things. See, so because sin dwells in humanity. Sin dwells in people who are not repentant of their sin. Even going to church and you're still in different sins, whether it's a fornication, adultery, whether it's drug, hatefulness, unforgiveness, bitterness, homosexuality. That sin dwells in people that are not repentant of those in those areas. And so now let's talk about the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit does? He doesn't come to force us, but according to John chapter 16, verse 8, it says the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. He came to convict. Now that word convict is a judicial judiciary word that you will hear in court when a person is found guilty, they are convicted. So the Holy Spirit knows that we are guilty of the sins that we've committed. So therefore he gives conviction in our heart. Conviction just means you're guilty. You're guilty. So the conviction is to lead to repentance. But the devil wants the conviction to turn to condemnation. Yeah. In other words, he he wants you to feel bad. The devil wants you to feel bad and maybe get angry and get down on yourself, but never really repent. Never really give your life or turn your life over to the Lord. Never really give up that sin and be delivered. That's what God said. And, and, and James, if he, you know, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So God forgives your sin. Then he casts out the sin that dwells in you. He cleanses you from that un spirit of unrighteousness. Yeah. <clears throat> and we just have to um, understand or see that the word tells us that all have fallen short. Right. 
So, you know, but if we fall into that trap that the enemy would want for us to be isolated and, um, you know, drawn, uh, drawn away, right, withdrawn from, withdrawn from others, then we won't realize that this is something that everybody's going through. So, you know, it's, again, that ignorance that would have us allow the enemy to isolate ourselves so that then we don't realize that this is common. Right. This right. is not like just, it's not you. You're not the problem. You know, it's not, oh, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you know, worthless cause. No, right. we all fall short. Right. We all do. And so we all make mistakes. Nobody in this earth, only Jesus was the only one who could walk and be perfect right. in the way that he, he was. So I just really want to encourage some people who are in that perpetual cycle of condemnation because, you know, they've made a mistake. They've fallen again. You know, we've all done that. We've all, you know, you have the heart. You want to do well. You want to please God, but it's hard. Guess what? He said it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. He said, look, it's going to be hard. The enemy's going to come. He's going to come and tempt you. He did it to Jesus. Right. The enemy tempted Jesus. Right. So who are we to think that we should be perfect and walk and have no problems, no issues or anything like that? Right. So I really just want to encourage, um, you know, a lot of people who are, um, you know, falling into that. The Lord will convict. And then all of a sudden now you're battling condemnation. Don't stop. Don't do it anymore. Just, you know what, Lord, you're right. I did mess up. But now, <coughs> excuse me. Because right, that conviction just means I'm guilty. We just admit our guilt and yeah. say, Lord, help you just, me. It's as simple as just, you know what, Lord? I repent. Forgive help me. me. Forgive right. me. And I choose to not do that anymore and allow him to help you because it's a process. Right. It's a process for all of us. Right. So be encouraged in that. Amen. Amen. And 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 the the key to this is whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. If, if if you you just see yourself going through the same cycle over and over again, Lord Jesus, help me. Yeah. I don't want to keep doing this. Help me, deliver me. Yeah. You know whatever it is that's causing me to keep doing these same things, making these same decisions. Lord, help me. I want to be different. I want to be changed. I don't want to keep doing this over and over again. And and also understand that you're not the only one going through that, right? Ha go, going through it over and over and over again. We have all, we've all been there. Oh, been, right, right. And then also understanding that, um, that when that conviction comes, it doesn't mean that God is saying you're going to hell, you're guilty. No, he's letting you know that, okay, you're guilty of sin. So he wants us just to repent of our sin. Lord, forgive me of those lies. Forgive me for whatever sin that I'm committing. Lord, wash me, cleanse me. I give my life to you. The Bible said those who be in Christ become a new creature. Make me new, Lord. I don't want to be the same person. But then through shame, through pride, through arrogance, you know, um, self-bitterness, then the enemy uses those things to take us into confidence. You'll never get it right. You're always going to be messed up. You stupid. You dumb. Why you keep doing that? No, that's the devil. That's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's that spirit that's there that don't want you to repent. 
so that he can continue to stay there. Don't listen to that. Call out on the name of Jesus. He loves you. Yeah. He loves us and he wants to forgive us and he wants to deliver us. Absolutely. Because that conviction is just really bringing it to our attention. Right. Exactly. Because we can't see it. Right. We don't know. You know, we may know some things, but we don't know everything. And so the Holy Spirit is so good to us that he's there to be like, hey, um, did you see that? Let's 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 take care of that. You know, let's get rid of it. It's time to get rid of it. So, you know, let's repent, repent to the Lord and be be cleansed of that and purified of that so that you can continue in, in righteousness right. before him. Right. So let's go a little further into the Holy Spirit. Uh, John chapter, the same chapter 16, verse 13, it says the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Mm -hmm. So in order to repent and be delivered, we must be truthful. He will lead us into all truth. First of all, Jesus said, I am the truth. So he leads us to Jesus. Then he'll lead us to confess the truth of our sin. Because unless we confess something, we can't be free from it. So the Bible says, he who hides his sin won't prosper or won't be made free. We'll be stuck. We don't want to be stuck. We don't want you to be stuck. So be. let's be honest with God. Let's be honest and transparent with the Lord. And, and if you're married with your spouse or your brothers and sisters in Christ, let's be honest and transparent because the devil hides behind us hiding sin. Yeah. Because we're hiding sin and we're hiding an entity that's producing that fruit of sin in us. Yeah. And really the first step is being honest with yourself. Right. Amen. Because I mean, you can pretend all day long, um, but the Lord knows. But he just, we have to come to the the point of saying, you know what? I am this way. I had, I remember uh, I was saved, wasn't saved long. But that conviction came when I read the scripture that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. I did nothing but lie right. for nothing, for stupid reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, just, it was just, it was second nature to me at that point mm -hmm. as I've been doing it all my life. Right. And so that conviction came like, shoot, but it's just, I mean, I'm not like trying really to trying hurt to hurt anybody. anybody. Right. I just, I'm literally not trying to hurt people. That's why I lied because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. So I would lie to help them wow. all the while I was hurting myself. Right. Because. Like I said, the word says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire in the end. Right. So that conviction came to then say, hey, look at yourself. This is not good for you to lie all the time. Mm -hmm. So now at that point, I had to say, you know what? Yeah, I have to make the choice to say I don't want to be a liar anymore. Right. I, I want to be truthful. It's hard. Right. It was hard at the time. Right. And, and, and see, let me let me show you the difference between hard and easy. It's all a matter of perception. Yeah. Because when we try to stop doing stuff ourselves, it's hard. But we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Holy Spirit, help me. We'll see things begin to drop off our lives. And it's not as hard as we make it out to be in our minds. That's true. Yeah. So let me, let me show you how this whole thing. We're going to talk about how this whole thing is set up in the spirit realm. With temptation, with sin, and with death, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we've talked a little bit about this last week in Proverbs chapter seven. How this harlot, uh, Solomon wrote, laid wait on every corner, where no woman can lay wait on every corner. So he's talking about an entity. He's talking about a, a, a principality that rules in a region or a territory. 
And then, and remember, the Bible says Satan walks and talks about as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So these spirits that are, they might be demonic lieutenants or generals of a region. They sent out their little horsemen. That's why you look at Psalm 91. It talks about the young lions. The young lions are the demonic forces that are sent out that are not as strong as the principalities, the powers, rulers, the darkness, spirit, wicked, and the high places. But uh, so these uh, these. These harlots or these uh, entities that uh, storm through, that that really goes out through the communities and through families, homes, and all that kind of stuff, they tempt us and entice us to sin, and that's what uh, Proverbs seven is talking about. So I'm gonna pick up at verse twenty four, and this so this um so so Solomon saying, "Hearken unto me, now therefore, O ye children that." And attend to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart decline to her ways. So these spirits want to gravitate and want you to hear. And, and he wants the, their words to go into your heart so that you can incline or decline, come down to these evil ways. So that's why that's why God said, I know the thoughts that come into your mind, every one of them. He said, a, thought will come, uh, a thing will come into your mind and you'll think an evil thought. Because whatever's in your heart is what you're going to do. So these these entities wants to speak it to our minds and our hearts and want people to say things to confirm it. Just like God sends confirmation through people, so does Satan. So he's saying, listen, don't let your heart decline to her ways. Do not astray in her path. So then the enemy wants you to go a certain way. Don't do it. This is at the point where it wants to get you. It wants to set you up to open the door. Sin is lying at the door. It's waiting at the door for you to go down that path and open the door. And if you have, there's a remedy. His name is Jesus. It says, for, watch this, for she has cast down many wounded. So it wounds you. It wounds people through you. And it says, and yea, many strong men have been slain by her. It doesn't matter how strong you are in your body, how think you strong you are in your mind. These spirits are stronger than us in every way. These evil spirits, these demonic forces are stronger than us in every way, except we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on saying, her house is the way to hell. So in other words, and these spirits wants us to lead us in a certain lifestyle, which is the way to hell. Whether it's lying or whether it's homosexual, homosexuality, that's a lie. You lie to yourself. You believe the, the lie of the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a uh, murder, selling drugs, or you just trying to killing people to get a better life for yourself. These are the ways to hell. Going down to the chamber of death. So that's the way of hell, but you go through death first. The enemy takes you down to the chambers of death where you're locked up and you're bound and separated from God, separated from people. Like uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So notice in verse 27, of, of Proverbs 7, it says, the spirit, their house is the way to hell. But Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. I am the way to heaven. I am the way to eternal life. 
Matthew 23:33. Jesus said to that generation, you serpent, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? And, and see, that's what these spirits want. They want to control us. They want to inhabit us. They want to oppress us. They want to depress us and ultimately possess us. But they will use any one or all of the above to drag us to hell, to bring us into damnation of hell. But how do we escape? How do we escape? It says in Acts chapter eight. Let me let me tell you something. I'm going to share a story. Some years ago, probably about 10 years ago, I went through a terrible situation in my life. Um, and I was an apostle then. I was already ordained an apostle, installed an apostle, confirmed as an apostle. Started the ministry. God was moving, focused, being healed, delivered. We've seen signs and miracles. We've seen the glory manifest. And then all of a sudden, things just went topsy-turvy. And then uh, things started breaking out and things I wouldn't. I was just like, God, what is going on? So then turned around, that lies were being spread about me, by people that was closest to me, and then people that I gave my life to, to help the most, they all turned on me and was devouring me. And, you know, they literally killed me with words and killed my heart. I just, I didn't want to live anymore. I just was like bitter. I began to grow real bitter and angry. I can't believe all that I've done for these people and, you know, I sacrificed my life for them and they're going to turn around and kill me and speak this evil, believe these lies. No one called me to check on me. No one called me to say, this don't sound like him. Let me see if he's okay. But everyone that called, called with accusation, called, you know, with, with, with that evil intent in their heart. And so I grew so bitter. I grew so bitter. And one day, one night I had, I, I, was, I fell asleep on the couch. And the moment I, my head hit the arm of that chair, I started falling. I started falling. And all I could see is blackness all around me. And I would just, it was like a free fall, my arms and legs going. I just, I didn't know what was happening. And I'm telling you, the moment I closed my eyes, I started falling. And, um, and it seemed like I fell for a long time. Then when I finally hit the destination, I was in hell. I landed in hell. And when I, when I, when I kind of looked up, I was just horrified by the things that I saw. And one of the things I saw was a man, a pastor. He was being tormented by demons in hell. And I heard the Lord. He stood behind me. And I heard his voice said, son, this is going to be you if you do not forgive. So that spirit of unforgiveness, that spirit of hatred, that spirit of anger and, and bitterness wanted to drag me to hell. And the Lord literally gave me that experience and told me if I did not repent of unforgiveness, if I didn't forgive, if I remained bitter, this he said, this will be you if you do not forgive and if you remain bitter. So that's what the that's the end goal of these spirits. They want us to be damned forever. They don't want us to forgive. They don't, they don't want us to, uh, to, to obey God. They don't want us to do the will of God. They want us to go about our own thing, our own way. They do not want us to repent. They do not want us to turn to Christ because he is the only solution for sin. There's no religion that has a solution for two things, sin and Satan. No religion has the power over sin and Satan. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. So Acts 
Acts 8.22 says, he said, repent of your wickedness, Peter said, and pray to God if perhaps the thoughts of your heart may be forgiven you. It's not even just the deeds that you do, the very thoughts of the intensity of your heart. And if you continue reading the scripture that where we, were, we quoted that um, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharp and powerful, I mean, quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. He even said it's a discerner of the thoughts of the heart. So it's even our heart, our heart, we can smile, but our heart is bitter, our heart is angry, or our heart is full of lust, but won't do it because, but because afraid. No, repent of our wickedness. And if we repent and pray that God forgive even the thoughts of our heart, because the enemy, you can stop doing this stuff naturally, but if that spirit is in you and it's still in your heart to do it, but you won't do it because of people might see, people might know God is watching. He sees our heart first. So call out to God for a clean heart. You know, I remember that Fred Hammond song. A lot of young people probably will remember that. He said, give me a clean heart to do the things that I should. You know, and and that... I walk a path that's righteous and do the things you would. Lord, give me a clean heart. That's why David prayed, give me a clean heart. That's why That's why the words, I, I, I hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Jesus is the only hope for humanity. Not, not Gandhi, not Buddha, not, not Muhammad, not Allah, none of these religions. I've traced all religions back to the Tower of Babel in the beginning. I'm telling you, that's all deception. All these gods are no more than fallen angels, including Lucifer, as well as uh, high-ranking evil spirits, demonic spirits. And even, you know, uh, talking about these religions, whether it's Satan or other fallen angels over it, it's like Islam. Islam, Allah is not God, Allah is Satan. And even in the Hadith, in the Quran, it says Satan has these beautiful names. You know, one of those names is deceiver. God is not a deceiver. Satan is a deceiver. And, and again, and about five or six other names that point directly to Satan as that's who he is. That's the other names for him. So all these religions aren't truly following God. Jesus said, I'm the only way to the father. Your father and mine is God who created us. Not these other entities or fallen spirits. All right, but uh, let's let's so we can finish this up. Matthew twenty five forty one. Then shall he say unto them that are on the left, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So people say, if God is a good guy, why would he send people to hell? Number one, hell wasn't created for people; it was prepared. For Satan and his angels. So God doesn't send people to hell. People go to hell because they reject salvation. They reject the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. They, re, they reject because the cross just simply represents that Jesus being judged for our sins. So when we accept Jesus, he takes our sins and give us his righteousness. And if we truly give our lives to him, our lives begin to change. But if not, then we are cursed. And we'll be cast into everlasting fire that was not prepared for us, but it was prepared for the devil and his angels and the angels mean messenger. So don't let the devil use you to give messages to people. I'm not even talking about seances. 
I'm not talking about soothsaying. I'm talking about the devil put a thorn in your heart. Tell this person they're going to die. That's a messenger. No. We speak life and not death. So God wants to separate our souls from these spirits by his word and by men and women of God that has a boldness and a faith to speak those words to set you free. Jesus, the Bible said that God sent his word and delivered them and healed them from all their distress. Now, here's something interesting. We see that word prepare, that the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. If we read John chapter 16, 11, we see that the Holy Spirit will reprove the world of judgment. Why? Because the prince of this world is judged. Satan is already judged. How do you know Satan is judged? And uh, Matthew 8, 29. And behold, they cried out on saying to Jesus, saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus, thou son of God? Are you come to torment us before our time? So they know that they're they already been judged. They know they got their time is coming to be thrown in a lake of fire. I'm talking about the devil and his angels and these evil spirits. Here's another, here's more proof. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O ye heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you with great wrath, having great wrath, because he knows his time is short. He knows his time is short, which means the God of this world, the prince of this world is judged. Satan is judged already. So he knows that his time is short. But here's something awesome. Here's something awesome. In John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. In my Father, there are many men. There are people that believe in God, but don't believe in Jesus. But you have to believe in Jesus in order to get to the Father. So he said, in my Father's house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So he said, I'm not a deceiver. If you would go to heaven and just lay on the grass for eternity, he said, I would tell you that. But he said, in my father's house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now watch what he just says after that. Watch what he says. I go to prepare a place for you. All right, so do we want to go to the place that is prepared for Satan or his angels? Or do we want to go to the place that Jesus have gone to prepare a place for us with, with God in the father's mansion? And, and one of the father's many mansions he made for us. So we see that. Jesus said, Jesus said everlasting fire was prepared for Satan and his angels. Do we choose to go that way? Because that's the ultimate goal of these evil spirits, to drive us in the same direction they're going at the end. And that's eternal fire. Yeah. That's why the devil don't want us delivered. He don't want us set free. He don't want us made new. He don't want us free by the blood of Jesus. He don't want our sins forgiven. He don't want us, you know, becoming this new creature that Jesus makes us through his blood. A new person, he gives you a new heart and a new mind, and you begin to, your life begin to change, even though people may not forgive you. If God forgives you, that's all that matters. And people will come around, some will, some won't. But we have to choose now. And when I close my eyes for the rest of my life, at the end of my life, will I go to the place that God prepared for Satan or his angels, or will I go to the place that Jesus prepared for me? And the uh, and his father's and our father's house where there are many mansions. Then he said, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you will be also. So here's the principle. 
If I follow my Lord Jesus, if Jesus is my Lord and I follow him, then at the end, I will be where he is. Where he is, I will be also. But if I don't follow Jesus, by default, I reject God and I follow Satan, even if I don't choose to. If I don't choose Jesus by default because we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, then I, by default, I'm following Satan, whether I know it or not. And then I will end up where he ends up at the end. That's our choice. Yeah. And whether we realize it or not, it is a choice. That's why he says, choose you this day. Mm -hmm. Life or death, blessing or cursing. Right. So it's a choice. Right. Whether you see it, you don't see it that way or not, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And then uh, in John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes not. See, why is he calling the thief? Because he wants to steal who you are and everything from you. He wants to steal the goodness of God from you. He wants to steal the peace. He wants to steal the hope. He wants to steal the life, the breath from you. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So what does he want to do? He want to, again, he wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your purpose. He wants to steal your value. He wants you to walk in this earth. As, as even, if you, even if you are a Beyonce, he still stole something from you. He stole life eternally from you. And even though you prosperous in this earth, then after death comes, because he steals, he kills and destroys. After death comes, then your soul is destroyed in, a, in eternal fire. So, so the thief, he doesn't come, but I don't care how he's saying he want to give you riches or gold. He came to Jesus and said, I'll give you all these things, you'll bow down to me. He's come to me before and said if I would just stop preaching the gospel and if I would stop going so hard and if I would let up then I would have everything no I'm not selling out because why he was trying to steal something from me don't let him steal your purpose don't let him steal the will of God don't let him steal the word of God from you don't let him steal hope from you don't let him steal the rest of your life from you because he came to steal that from you then to kill you that means separate you from your body from this earth then destroy you for eternity. You might be destroyed for eternity. No, don't go that way. So, we're, so when people are oppressed or, or um, depressed or possessed by these evil spirits, they're robbing you of life. Mm -hmm. They're robbing you of hope. They're robbing you of joy. Right. They're, the fullness. The fullness. Of life. Right. They're robbing you of family. They're robbing you of loved ones. They're robbing you of everything that God wants to bless you with. Their ultimate job is to kill you so that your soul will be destroyed forever. Yeah. But Jesus wants to deliver you. He wants to make you new. And then, it, then Jesus said, but I came that you might have life. That's life in this world. And that you might have it more abundantly. That's in heaven. That we might have life in this world. Don't let the devil steal your life. Hold it on to bitterness or anger or lust or perversion or hopelessness or the spirit of depression. That is not yours. Don't hold on to it and call upon the name of the Lord. Make your decision. Lord, I don't want this anymore. Forgive me. I turn away from it. I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Watch me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Be my Lord. Help me. And he will help you. And he will bring you to a place or a person, if he doesn't do it himself, to, to, to bring you to deliverance. And the devil will no longer be able to steal who you are, kill who you are, destroy who you are. But now Jesus has come to you that you might have life, that you may live a good life. Even though it may have hardships. Because like my wife said, it's not easy. 
but it's a choice. And then when it's all said and done, that we might have it more abundantly. So we might have it more abundantly on earth and in heaven. As we close out, here's the last scripture, something else I want you to think about. In Romans 6, 23, he says, for the wages of sin is death. So the only thing we get paid for for sin is death. That separation from God and separation from everybody else. And I, and I implore you, I plead to you, repent of your sin and turn to Christ. And if you have and you're still dibbling, dabbling in sin, repent of your sin because that sin will bring you death. Jesus loves you so much and we love you so much. That's why God has had us through the spiritual matters to pull the uh, back the curtain so that you can see the spiritual, the unseen really matters and what's happening behind the scene. But the gift of life is a gift. It's a free gift is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is historically, historically, in historicity, in historicity shows us that Jesus was really walked here and he did and he was crucified. He was crucified for our sins that he can change our lives so that we won't have to go to that horrible place. He doesn't want us to. It's, it's been prepared for Satan and his angels, but if we reject Jesus, why well, he said in John chapter three, I the son of man didn't come into the world to condemn the world for the world is already condemned because they don't believe in me, but to, to save the world. And if, and if you're struggling believing in Jesus, but here's what I would encourage you to do. Just say, Lord, I'm struggling believing that you're real. If you're real, help me. Show me that you're real. And he'll do that. That's what I tell atheists. If you don't believe in Jesus, I, if I was you, I would make sure. I would just say, God, if Jesus is real, if you're real, show me. And God will show you. It would be his pleasure to let you know that he's real and he loves you. Because... The gift of God is eternal life. God wants you to live forever. He don't want you to go to eternal fire. He don't want these spirits that are oppressing you or depressing you or trying to possess you to drag you into eternal fire. But he wants, the, you know, the place that's prepared for the devil and his angels. But the Father, God, our Father, our Creator, wants us to go to the place that's been prepared for us by his Son to enter into his house with his many mansions in eternity to live with him forever. So the gift of life, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 I, I hope I hope this uh this episode meant something to you. Because my wife and I we've been through a lot of things. We've seen a lot of things. We've experienced a lot of things. We cast out many a demons out of people. We've seen many a things. We we've seen God, we've seen angels, we've seen demons. We, I'm telling you, this stuff is real. And this is why we're doing this free of charge. We don't, we're not charging anybody anything. We just want you to get the truth. And God, he takes care of us and uh, he'll continue to take care of us. It's like he wants to take care of every single one that is called by his name. He loves us. He loves us. In Jesus' name, we love you. You be blessed. You listen to this word. You share this. Share this with us. Share this with as many people as you can. You share this. Share this. Share this. Not for our sake and not for likes or, you know, not for sub subscriptions or anything. Share it. Share it for the sake of others. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye now.
Thank you for listening to The Spiritual Matters. Tune into new episodes every other Friday. Have any questions? Comment below or email us at info at globalcore.org. That's info at globalcor.org.